Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline Sportsbook has all of your props, odds, promos, and parlays for the 2023 NBA Finals. Use our promo code BLEAVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Bet online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. It is a fantabulous Friday, June 16th, according to my count, may not be that according to your count. We appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is that you may be listening. We've got an interesting episode of the show coming at you today. Wanted to take a deep dive into a story that really just piqued my curiosity over the last 24 hours or so. We'll talk about that coming up here today on the show. It's going to be a longer form podcast and now that the NBA season is officially over, now that I have at least a couple days of downtime from my real job or full-time job working as a sports radio producer, have uh, some time to sit down, exhale, do a deep dive on an interesting topic in the world of sports because sometimes that's one of my favorite parts of doing this type of show is sitting down, having two hours in a day to let my creative brain wander and do some long-form podcasts. Uh, sometimes we do the the day-to-day stuff, talking about big money baseball, the Texas Rangers, or NBA Finals recaps, or talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, or a deep dive into the Oakland Athletics and everything going on with that, but... Sometimes we just get to sit down, scroll through the sports media landscape, and a story popped up on my timeline this week that I found to be incredibly interesting. I wanted to sit down and talk about because it's been a while since we've had the time to sit down and do a deep dive into this podcast. Uh, We did a story about Bob Huggins and the anti-trans movement in America last month. We did a podcast about Brittany Griner returning and her being a hero in the eyes of really just the general American public and how a black queer woman doesn't normally get the staying power to be a hero in those contexts. And, uh, well, I guess the Phoenix Mercury aren't playing so well this year, but you are getting more of a conversation around Brittany Griner, and we talked about that. And 
Sometimes there are stories that just pop up that have staying power and I'm interested in discussing. And today I wanted to talk about uh, the Cavender twins and Jake Paul and an interesting story that came up with Ethan Strauss. And as you guys know, I'm Gen Z, 21, going on 22 years old, been doing a podcast now since I uh, just turned 18 years old. We're coming up on four years of doing this podcast. We've run social media outlets here. We've had Instagram pages the original Comical Sports got up to 50,000 followers. Our most recent one's at 60,000 followers. We've got the Court Access pages uh, anchoring around 30,000 followers. Uh, Instagram and Twitter were our primary modes of content in the TikTok and YouTube generation that has emerged in a post-pandemic world. I've kind of opted out of the social media aspects, and so we still have our old social media followings from a previous five-year cultural generation because I've talked before about how generations culturally often last about five years, especially in the social media world where high school generations and college generations roughly last about five years and there's different cultural generations based on the systems and structures of at least American society The previous cultural generation is the one that I participated in, and this current cultural generation is one that I have opted out of in terms of of being a participant. I don't have a TikTok. I don't have a YouTube channel with staying power. I tried to do the Reels thing on YouTube, got bored of it after a while, and I have opted out of this current cultural generation in social media. But I am familiar with the social media stars of this generation, and in part because I'm just a young person. I'm around young people all the time, even though now that I'm uh, now that I'm an adult, I'm around a lot older people now. But I'm still around young people, familiar with culture of people my age, and so a subsection of the TikTok culture in today's society surrounds what is referred to by Ethan Strauss, and I'm going to read from this story because um, where I became familiar with it is from the Cavender Twins, but Ethan Strauss did a story for the Free Press, and Ethan Strauss wrote a book on the Golden State Warriors, and now he does. uh, He went from being a beat writer for the Warriors to being a general basketball blogger and having a substack to being a freelance writer who did a story for the Free Press on the Cavender Twins and them being college basketball NIL superstars who ended up giving up their final season of college basketball in the NCAA because there were bigger and better opportunities outside of the NCAA constructs for women who were born about six months before I was. And for those who don't know the story of the Cavender twin, uh, first of all, I'll just read the the story behind Ethan Strauss. And this is the headline that got aggregated and sometimes aggregated with intent, but there's a, a story behind it that we'll get to. The Cavender twins reflect what Ethan Strauss writes as the NCAA's quote-unquote hot girl problem in that the Cavender twins, Haley and Hannah, are both age 22 They have a single self-contained brand with 6.4 million social media followers, including 4.5 million followers on TikTok. And then this is from the story that he wrote here. I'm just going to read this directly to give some context behind what Ethan Strauss's headline calls a hot girl problem. 
As of early 2023, the former college basketball players turned full-time influencers had earned north of $2 million. Since then, they've signed endorsement deals and agreements with companies whose values they say align with theirs, including YouTuber Jake Paul's sports gambling outfit, Better. That's B-E-T-R. This afternoon, the twins are debating how they should announce their forthcoming agreement with Bucked Up, which sells energy boosters like Woke AF Dietary Supplement and Rocket Pop, which, quote, tastes like America, according to the company website. Quote, we could just do a TikTok, Hannah said to, Haley said to Hannah, like, just finished a workout with our Bucked Up, or we could make it organic? Haley chi- Hannah chimes in, brainstorm. The Twins attorney, Darren Haytner, calls the stratospheric rise a blueprint for other college athletes trying to cash in on new multi-billion dollar market of NIL money. While the Twins are accomplished basketball players, until recently they played for Division I University of Miami, they're nowhere near the top of women's basketball's totem pole. The top players in college women's basketball, like Keishana Washington at Drexel University or Caitlin Clark at University of Iowa, score close to 30 points per game. In her final year at Miami, Haley Cavender scored over just over 12 points per game, Hannah just under four. They were good, but not WNBA good. If you look at the NIL girls, the first ones who were getting deals were the blonde girls, Louis Moore, a sports historian at Grand Valley State, told the Free Press. The Cavender twins, Moore said, have benefited handsomely from, quote, their very blonde girl-next-door looks, posting videos of themselves in bikinis and tight-fitting dresses. Lots of their videos hint at the possibility of one twin having a boyfriend. Others wink at the male fantasy of group sex with identical sisters, featuring captions like, when he asks for blonde twins for Christmas, and I want a girl with a twin sister. The twins get their appeal, and even though they think it's unfair that the mostly black top scorers in women's college basketball make less than they do, including Louisiana State's Angel Reese, that's not stopping them. Obviously, everyone brings something to the table. I think that all women should be empowered in a male-dominated world, especially minorities, Haley says. Hannah adds, I mean, obviously, yes, this is a touchy subject, but I think that we are privileged, dot, 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 in a way. Obviously, we don't deal with the same things that the other women deal with or other people deal with, and that's just how our world is, and it's awful. And so Ethan Strauss's story goes on to talk about the NCAA structures around uh, the Cavender twins and trying to benefit from or the Cavender twins getting the University of Miami fined and how their meteoric rise as social media influencers goes beyond anything the NCAA would be able to legislate or anything that college sports as a whole are prepared for because the NCAA is still evolving from the 1980s model and they've refused at every turn to evolve because it protects their ability to exploit their labor and maximize profits and they would rather die than compete in a free market economy that allows their athletes to get compensated. Literally, the NCAA would rather go down with the ship than fix it and adapt to the free market capitalism of NIL structures and lack of regulation in the 2020s world. And so the reason this story came to my attention is the Cavender twins who were interviewed for the story 
they may uh, Hannah specifically made a statement about how they didn't they were the their cooperation with this story was identified on a false pretense because I'm sure the headline of the NCAA has a hot girl problem wouldn't have been something the Cavenders would have signed up for. And so Hannah Cavender put out this tweet as a response to Ethan Strauss that said, the interview for this article was obtained on a false pretense that it would be written about life after NIL, why we didn't take our fifth year, our passions and business opportunities. We were specifically told via the publication, the context would be to quote, see the Cavenders as a very important story, not only in the context of women, college sports, but new media culture and business. They're building a hugely successful brand and they're at the forefront of a new space. And we think that's exciting and newsworthy. We discussed with our team and met the media opportunity openly after reviewing their intentions. Haley and I welcomed this man into our home. He followed us through the entire weekend, asking us questions and understanding what goes on in our daily life. After the weekend, we had a sit-down interview in our kitchen for over an hour and was only asked once, only asked one question regarding our quote-unquote physical looks. The subsequent article not only demeaned our athletic and business accomplishments, it furthered the narrative that hardworking, creative, and driven women can only do well if they are deemed attractive. The piece disregards our work ethic and dedication towards NIL and business endeavors. He fails to acknowledge the young girls, women that follow us and that we work so hard to inspire. Instead, he degrades us down to quote-unquote hot girls. We agreed to do the interview and wanted to support a woman-ran news outlet. We are both disappointed and disgusted by this journalism practice and the blatant sexist trope. We only wish to inspire young women to chase their dreams, work hard, think big. Now we must also defend them against men that wish to sum their potential to physical appearance. And the Cavender twins are the entry point for a lot of people into this story because they have a broader reach than Ethan Sherwood Strauss and the free press. Now, this story has gotten more traction now that the Cavender twins have acknowledged its existence. And the story posted on the free press Twitter account has 4.1 million views. Now, the equivalent of the 4.1 million views on the Cavender twins story, this is as of Thursday... That number has obviously changed in the time since as the stories continue to grow. But the original post from the Cavenders, or from Hannah Cavender, uh, has 4 million views, and the free press tweet is hovering around like 4.2 million views. And a lot of that is because of Ethan Strauss getting aggregated and the Cavender twins making a statement that has some layers to it. And we're going to dive into this story a little deeper because you have a story about the future of NIL endorsements and the Cavender twins and Ethan Strauss and journalism being at the other front of this. So there's a couple layers that I want to peel back. And so the first place I want to start is with the Cavender twins specifically. And then we'll come back to Ethan Sherwood Strauss, and then we'll have some final remarks about the broader aspects of journalism stuff. So first, the Cavender Twins story is, in some context, a uniquely Gen Z story. I want to be careful about how I say uniquely Gen Z, because I don't mean this in that it is the epitome of Gen Z. It is what people who don't understand 
generations below them and the so the cultural changes that are because cultural generations move faster than regular generations you know the Cavender twins are Gen Z I'm Gen Z but I don't feel like our generation connects to people who are 16 years old even though we're 21 22 I don't think there's a connecting point to 16 year olds with the Cavender twins I'm obviously there's a following there but there's not an exact generation connection there or people who are 26 are probably well removed from the types of social media content and cultural trends associated with high schoolers today because of the structures of American system whether it's the four-year high school system plus say seventh and eighth grade where people start getting involved in social media at younger and younger ages but say the seventh to twelfth grade high school system followed by a college generation that spans about five years, your four years of college, maybe your senior year of high school starts to blend into it, your first year post-college. There's about five-year generations when it comes to social media, and cultural generations are further and further removed because there's just so many of them happening so quickly. My generation, when I was in high school, was big into TikTok. Oh, sorry, was big into Instagram, Snapchat, even some cases Twitter, but specifically the Instagram Snapchat generation was what everyone had when I was in high school. There were people who dabbled into what was known as Musical.ly as a social media app where people would sing songs or lip sync to um, music that would be the backdrop for your video. And Musical.ly failed, but it would be the early pretense for what became TikTok. When I was a senior in high school, TikTok did not exist. And by, uh, sorry, did not exist in America. And by 2020, it was the number one social media platform among people age 15 to 21. Within two years, that happened. Within two years, TikTok went from not existing to being the number one social media platform that surpassed engagement ratings over Instagram. And the Cavender twins, who are the exact same age as me, the Cavender twins are high school senior class of 2019. The Cavender twins went to college as basketball players at Fresno State, Division I athletes, both of them playing at Fresno State. Their first season at Fresno State ended because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Just like my freshman year of college ended because of the COVID-19 pandemic in the middle of March of 2020. And the Cavender twins during the lockdown, living back home, started a TikTok account and went viral posting videos of themselves who were twins doing synchronized basketball moves. And the Cavender twins from there exploded in popularity in social media in a similar way that my Instagram accounts exploded in popularity during the pandemic. Why? Because everyone was on their phones. Everyone was buried in social media. Everyone was creating new content because there wasn't anything else to do. And this created a bubble of social media accounts that had these gigantic followings and led to the proliferation of TikTok 
because by 2020, TikTok had surpassed Instagram as the number one social media platform in the midst of a global pandemic. And so in the very earliest days of TikTok, the Cavenders explode in popularity. And from there, their Instagram, their TikTok accounts turn from basketball videos to a lifestyle blog of sorts where they're just posting their daily lives to a brand worth hundreds of thousands of dollars with close to a million followers. And again, it's a single account for both twins. The Cavender twins have a single account on social media that got lucky in the scale with which that it exploded, but it also underlies a unique ability that Ethan Sherwood Strauss talks about where the Cavender twins are able to identify what songs will go good with what videos, understand the human psyche in a way to figure out what will go viral and what people will be able to connect with. And those stories and those posts and those TikTok videos continue to go viral again and again and again. And this understanding of human psyche leads to a larger social media following. In a similar way, that kind of happened with our Instagram page where we went from 17,000 followers in our first two years to 50,000 followers in our third year. Once the algorithm starts to understand it a little bit better, you will amass a certain level of social media following. And then Instagram changed their ways where they didn't want our pages to go viral and so you had to adjust your algorithm accordingly and then they prioritized reels and all sorts of stuff after the fact. But thinking like the algorithm and knowing how to connect to human psyche in the way that the algorithm will put your video forward to a larger audience, that is where people like the Cavender Twins and like other big social media followers, that's where a lot of their money was made. And this is where a lot of their following was accumulated. And so by 2022, just less than two years after they created their social media platform, the Cavender Twins were getting national endorsements. The Cavender Twins were getting NIL money because correlating with one year after their account was created was NIL becoming legal because the court ruling said the NCAA couldn't suppress the ability for athletes to earn money off their name, image, and likeness. And we did a podcast back in 2021 about, yes, this is a big deal, but don't let the NCAA off the hook. The Cavender Twins announced a deal with Boost Mobile, and they've picked up a bunch of other sponsors in the time since, including the uh, the Woke AF, uh, what was it? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what it was earlier. Um, the, the Woke AF Dietary Supplement from Bucked Up and the Rocket Pop, which tastes like America according to the company's website, which I'm looking at this website right now for Bucked Up. And uh, while it's not quite the uh, the American, uh, you know, draped in red, white, and blue type of website you might come to expect, it's kind of funny. <laughs> if you, if you want to look up Bucked Up, I'm not giving them any free advertising here, but if you just kind of want to laugh at their website layout uh, for a, an energy drink Power, uh, powering energy, endurance, and focus. 
um, but the focus is the Instagram logo. So, uh, and they also also they have to put stars next to it. What do the stars say? Is there a disclaimer at the bottom somewhere? Yes, the disclaimer says these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any illness. They have to put the star next to. Uh, bucked up energy endurance focus all of them have stars next to it because the stars are these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration so we're just gonna say it gives you energy endurance and focus which sounds like a scam so yeah they're bucked up nil deals or their boost mobile deals uh, or the life wallet brand that is led by John Ruiz. And so continuing down the story of the Cavender twins before I got uh, ignored by bucked up, um, John Ruiz, who is the mega booster at the University of Miami, John Ruiz paid them through NIL back channels, blah, blah, blah. John Ruiz paid the Cavender twins to move from Fresno, California to the University of Miami for their senior year of college. And when the Cavender twins moved to Miami, their NIL valuations and their social media followings went from $40,000, according to on uh, on 3s a college football scouting website. But uh, according to NIL valuations, they were at $40,000 in 2022, or sorry, $400,000 in 2022, which is a lot of money. For their million million of social media followers, able to leverage that into $40,000, to by the time they left the University of Miami in April, an NIL valuation of over $2 million. And in the story that Ethan Sherwood Strauss put together, they earned $2 million. Their brand has earned them $2 million in the time since they began their social media following less than three years ago. And the Cavender twins are this archetypal Gen Z success story. And by archetypal Gen Z success story, I mean get rich quick Gen Z success story. And this is the power, this is the staying power of social media is that you can leverage a social media following into massive staying power and massive financial gain. Bomani Jones talked about this on his show when talking about Jake Paul. Jake Paul is a YouTuber and a TikToker with a massive social media following who has leveraged that into a boxing career and a val- and a, a career net worth of $40 million. Jake Paul owns a million-dollar house in Puerto Rico to avoid tax purposes, and Jake Paul is worth $40 million, leveraging a social media following into actual staying power. Bomani used the phrase of, he is very similar to a Gen Z Donald Trump. Donald Trump rev- leveraged a reality TV following into real staying power, real financial leverage, and ultimately a presidential nomination. Gen Z Donald Trump sounds scary on the surface. And when you dig a little bit deeper, it does become a little bit more cynical for both the Cavender twins and for Jake Paul, who I'm going to lump together because they're partners in this sense. What did Jake Paul do 
once he amassed his massive social media following. He moved to Miami, set up a shell corporation or set up a shell, you know, they call it a brand, but set up a shell company and leveraged that social media following into monetization and staying power. And the Cavender Twins did kind of the same thing. The Cavender Twins moved from California to Miami and to South Florida, partnered with Jake Paul, and saw him as the model with which to leverage their social media following into real staying power and real financial gain. Again, the Cavender Twins have made about $1.5 million in the time since they moved down to Miami after previously being worth $40,000, and their social media followings have continued to grow, and they have mastered the social media game in a way that is unique, involves a little bit of luck, and has continued to have staying power even years after they began their time in college and began their time as social media followers when, again, they did not have a single social media following during when the pandemic started three years ago. When the pandemic started three years ago, they had no social media following. And the Cavender twins have partnered with Jake Paul on a company known as Better. We mentioned it earlier in the Ethan Strauss story, B-E-T-R. And what Better specializes in is an app very similar to Barstool that leads you, and as they describe it in the story, filters you towards a gambling company. And I first learned about this from the the Bomani Jones story, but there's an interesting aspect to Better that was included in this story where what they do is they focus in on micro-betting. And what micro-betting does is it gets you involved deeply in the immediate interactions of gambling, which is what's going to happen out of this timeout in a basketball game? What's going to happen on this next play in football? It's like, okay, Mahomes just completed a seven-yard pass. It's second and three. Are they going to call a run play or a pass play on this next run? Are they going to call a pass to Kelsey or are they going to call a pass to Juju Smith-Schuster? Micro-betting in the moment, which is... Highly, highly addictive. Even more addictive than regular gambling, which is also offered on better. But the thing that they are trafficking in is we are going to get college kids more and more addicted to gambling. And Jake Paul's better company includes includes partnerships with the Cavender Twins and... Ethan Strauss on his blog, House of Strauss, wrote about this, and now that I've kind of set it up, he does a better explanation than I will be able to do. The Cavenders have partnered with a sports media startup called Better, which is run by YouTuber, boxer, and influencer Jake Paul, in between trips to his tax shelter mansion in Puerto Rico. What is Better? The future of sports media, as its workers see it. It's a self-contained universe of content creators similar to Barstool, and it funnels viewers to a sports betting app similar to Barstool's pen gambling betting app. When I asked a better manager why his company would gain an edge on the already established Barstool, she enthusiastically responded, because we're better. 
Naturally, this kicks off a who's on first type routine where I assumed she meant better, but when I got that cleared up, the manager stated her thesis. Because we're younger, we're hungrier, we've got Jake Paul, and we're addicted to gambling. That's why they're going to beat... This is a company spokesperson saying this. The reason we're going to be Gen Z Barstool, which is apparently Jake Paul's endgame, is to be Gen Z Dave Portnoy. The reason we're going to be Barstool is we're going to get people more addicted to gambling and more young people addicted to gambling, which is going to be easier because... What do Jake Paul and Haley Cavender and Hannah Cavender traffic in right now? Social media clips that are very highly addictive. 30 seconds, 45 seconds, one minute, next video, 35, 40 seconds. Which again, I'm not complaining like this is a bad thing like you hear a lot of people. I'm not here to demonize TikTok in the way you're hearing a lot of people do. I'm fully acknowledging the fact this is highly, highly addictive. Instagram and Snapchat when I was in high school were highly, highly addictive. TikTok is highly, highly addictive. And so you can leverage that social media following into real staying power because it's highly, highly addictive. And while I don't know the demographics behind the Cavender Twins, Twitter, uh, sorry, their Cavender Twins, TikTok, and Instagram followings, I would suspect the Cavender Twins following is predominantly male-oriented and male barstool-type fans, which I guess would be closer to, say, male sports fans who lean towards the right of the scale. Like, Gen Z barstool bros is what Jake Paul is going for. And Gen Z barstool bros getting more addicted to gambling is kind of the name of the game for this better brand that the Cavender Twins and Jake Paul have decided to create, that Jake Paul created in Miami. The Cavender Twins moved down and started associating with and have continued to monetize based on because better might go under, but they got a lot of money in startup capital. And I suspect that their idea of Gen Z Barstool is going to have some level of staying power. And the Miami Better offices is where the next generation apparently creates these videos and audio reactions to sports. And they have a giant social media following and they make fun of the idea of necessarily like the the story that Ethan Strauss does and it's free on his blog House of Strauss I'll link it in the description of this episode they talk about a guy named Derek and while I can't explain everything about Derek the idea is like a prop comic who's an incel and the incel who messes up and gets stuff wrong all the time is a little different better by the way has over half a million social media followers on TikTok just in case you're kind of figuring out where that's at right now. They they have Jake Paul, and Jake Paul and gambling has netted them already about half a million social media followers. And the dumb comedy of Derek is this idea of an incel who hangs around the Cavender twins but loses money gambling, is supposed to connect with the barstool bros who find the Cavender twins attractive and also can relate to Derek, but it's kind of a skit and prop com. Uh, like, he is the skit and he is the punchline. And again, it's interesting how they explain it. And 
the Cavender twins ultimately decide to move on from the University of Miami, start moving into this better space, start moving into the influencer space, and the quote-unquote get-rich-quick scheme appears to be working quite well for them. And this is the same thing with like the D'Amelio family on a greater level. Uh, They're selling... Uh, lights for TikTok, uh, what is it, ring lights for your phone, uh, they're selling um, products like makeup, they have staying power in a uniquely Gen Z way where their influence through social media allows them to monetize a brand that has real staying power. For Jake Paul, his vision is being Gen Z Dave Portnoy. For the D'Amelio family or the Cavender twins, it's some sort of connection to you know, the Cavender twins are following that same athlete influencer model. I don't know who the next good comparison is behind Dave Portnoy, but the Cavender twins are following that. In the case of the D'Amelios, they're following the the Jenner Kardashian model of having a giant following that you can leverage into real staying power and actual brands that make money, like make millions of dollars. Uh, the D'Amelios, I don't know what they're worth, but they got to be worth close to eight figures by this point. And these are the anomalies and these are the exceptions, but they do have real influence and real staying power. The phrase influencer really does work. And it really does apply well in this context because in in the same way that Jake Paul is a Gen Z Donald Trump in a way, which is a broader way to recognize this, it is leveraging a social media following or in the case of Donald Trump leveraging a reality TV following with the apprentice into real staying power. And a real ability, leveraging celebrity and influence into a real staying power that generates money, influence, and power. And Jake Paul is leveraging his platform for money, control, and power. Or, sorry, money, influence, and power. Those were the three. Control also comes with power, but money, influence, and power is what Jake Paul is leveraging with his brand. And it's why Jake Paul wants to be freedom fighter person who advocates for... uh, creating a an alternate UFC because he's partnered with uh the rival MMA league that Israel Adesanya is joining and creating leverage against the UFC in order to to increase fighter pay that will then lead to their league getting better which will lead to greater money, greater power and greater influence for Jake Paul. And if Jake Paul gives it 10 years, the Cavender Twins give it 10 years building a brand they will be able to cash out the same way Dave Portnoy cashed out with Penn Gambling. Dave Portnoy was getting called a sellout. Dave Portnoy was called um, being a guy who gave up to the money. And he had no, like when an employee said the N-word and they didn't fire him. And uh, Barstool had the incredibly ironic and funny statement that's like, this employee being fired for saying the N-word goes against all of the principles of Barstool, which is a hilarious sentence to read out loud. But Barstool leveraged its staying power into half a billion dollars. They sold to Penn Gambling for half a billion dollars. And if Jake Paul sticks with it for 10 years and the Cavender Twins stick with it for 10 years, they too will reach a place with their followings where they will be able to sell out. And hopefully they get there one day. Power to them in trying to leverage their unique abilities in order to and their their privilege in order to be able to la- to cash out and follow the Jake Paul model to make generational type wealth 
having influence and power. And it's impressive. And that's what Ethan Strauss talks about in this story here. I'm just going to read through this real quick. It is fucking crazy that they are able to work on... uh, This is the quote from Jake Paul. I think that that's actually what's super interesting about being influencers in today's day and age where like you become more powerful and bigger than like a whole entire conglomerate. Like you guys probably become more successful and like make bigger deals and do bigger things working on your own and creating your own content, which is fucking crazy. It is fucking crazy. And it's impressive. Jake Paul and the Cavenders have this incredible skill of figuring out how to go viral. And I think this is where the disconnect between Ethan Strauss and the Cavender twins kicks in is the story has the headline and it felt like the Cavender twins were reacting to the headline and their portrayal more than it was the story itself. I, it seemed like the Cavender twins didn't really read the story in their rebuttal or didn't need to read the story because they assumed the people who would read the statement from Hannah Cavender didn't read the story. And so they were basing a lot of their rebuttal on the headline itself. And Ethan Strauss in his blog wrote this incredibly interesting point here. And this has stuck with me through this entire story of the Cavender twins and Ethan Strauss and everything beyond that. Dismiss them and mock them, but entire corporations spend months failing to achieve what these influencers can pull off in a few casual minutes. It's just sort of sad to see such unique power getting mostly directed towards upselling young men into gambling more. But those are the breaks. And that's the saddest part about this system that has been set up around the Cavenders and Jake Paul is that the end game for them in these quote-unquote get-rich-quick schemes, yeah, you'll be able to make a lot of money along the way. You'll be able to have influence. You'll be able to make $2 million in the span of three years out of nothing, out of starting a TikTok account. You'll be able to start that, just like the Kardashians were able to leverage their father being a lawyer into real staying power in the 1990s and later the 2000s. You can leverage what you have into influence and power, and if you get lucky, you just might make a lot of money along the way. But the thing that sucks about this system is the Cavender Twins' endgame out of all of this is to sell out. Jake Paul's endgame in all of this is to sell out. Even people like Dana White in the UFC who he's bucking up against The end game for them was to sell a brand that they started from nothing into $7 billion. The end game was to sell out and take that money, take that influence, and do what you will with it. But the end game for the Cavender Twins is to sell out. The end game for Jake Paul is to sell out. And it's like Ethan said, it's just sort of sad to see this unique power and this unique ability get mostly directed towards upselling young men into gambling more. It sucks. And it sucks that their way to monetize this is with bucked up energy, endurance, and focus. None of those three words mean anything because we have to put that these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. 
and it sucks that that's the direction that they have to go down. It's not worth it to dismiss them. It's not worth it to mock them. But entire corporations want what they have. And at a certain point, they will pay for what they have. Penn Gambling did it when they bought Barstool for half a billion dollars from Dave Portnoy. The UFC did it when they sold for $7 billion a couple years ago and partnered with Disney. Jake Paul will eventually sell out, maybe with better or maybe with something else. The Cavender Twins will eventually sell out. And it sucks that that's the system that they find themselves in. Because these people, I mean, specifically the Cavender Twins, they sound like really nice people. (laughs) They sound like people my age that found the goal everyone is looking for, which is get rich quick. Maybe not everyone wants to get rich quick, but it feels damn good to get rich quick. Within three years, being able to go from being basketball players at Fresno State with no social media following to $2 million being influencers in South Florida who partner with gambling companies and partner with energy drinks that don't have the Food and Drug Administration layering them. It just sucks that that's the only system they could move towards with a social media following. That's the system that... That's the model. Jake Paul is the model. Kardashian is the model. Dave Portnoy is the model. It sucks that that's the model that they're following in order to cash out at the end of all of this. Because they seem like really nice people. And their response to Ethan Strauss doing real journalism around this and one of the better journalists you're going to find... It's been disappointing, disingenuous, protecting a brand. Because they recognize women follow them, but that's not where their money is made. The money is made by, as Ethan Sherwood Strauss describes it, their unique power and their unique skill being directed towards upselling young men into gambling more and having fantasies about having sex with twins. It sucks that that's the direction the money gets made. That might not be what their brand is viewed as. That's where the bills get paid. The bills get paid with better and having barstool bros micro bet in a highly addictive form of gambling that goes beyond barstool. Their money is made with bucked up and energy, endurance, and focus that has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, that's where the money gets made for the Cavender Twins. That's what pays the bills. The content before was them playing basketball. It was their lifestyle. And now their lifestyle has become the brand. As the money gets involved, as they build a brand that tries to make money at the end of all of this, The lifestyle has become the brand. Instead of being a lifestyle brand, the brand has become the lifestyle. And it happens all the time. Happens all the time. When the pressure comes to protect the money, the pressure comes to protect the brand, all of a sudden the brand becomes the lifestyle instead of the lifestyle becoming the brand. And the Cavender twins followed the model that was laid in front of them. It just sucks that it was such a shitty model. 
pushing them towards highly addictive gambling companies, pushing them towards energy drinks that don't have to be evaluated by the FDA, pushing them towards woke AF supplements. The same way the model pushed Jake Paul in that direction. If you market, if your audience is Barstool Bros, and Barstool Bros are there because of quote unquote devious reasons, that's the the brand, and then the brand becomes the lifestyle at times, and that's what makes the money. Maybe they've compromised at times. Maybe they haven't compromised who they are. Maybe they could have made more than two million dollars. At a certain point, the end game is to cash out. And in the meantime, you can make money on gambling, companies, trying to be Gen Z barstool. You can keep that brand going. But at a certain point, that's where your bread is buttered. And it just sucks because, again, they have such a unique skill, such a unique ability. I had some of that. I worked thousands of hours to have sports memes as my brand, and we got as far as like a top 20 Instagram page out there. We weren't a corporate Instagram page, but I would have loved to have sold out at some point. Didn't end up getting the sell out, but it would have been cool to sell out. Just sucks that that's the end game of all of this, is to sell out and make money off that profit. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. We got episodes every single day, Monday through Friday, as well as Wired Up on Sundays. You can leave a five-star review, a download. All of your support is greatly, greatly appreciated. Also, if you're interested in the Ethan Strauss story, we've got the original story from the free press out now. We've got the Ethan Strauss Substack story that you can listen to. That's out now. Uh, and I'm going to post, uh, it's in the, ca- it's in the, um, it's in the original message, but I'm also going to put the Cavender twins response as well. I read it in its entirety on the air, but I'm going to include that as well in this story. It's really interesting and it's a uniquely Gen Z story in that it could only happen for people my age. And this is our version of a get rich quick scheme of sorts. So this was an interesting story. Glad we got to bring it to the forefront. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. I hope you have a fantabulous rest of your day. And in the meantime, take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.